All right, we're going to do our nativity story, and we're going to just explore some of the people in there. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do it kind of bit by bit, and then I just want to share a few thoughts about each character as we go along. And Because um, when you think about it, it's a really strange group of people to have in the maternity ward, isn't it? Uh, it's a little bit weird, really. Uh, it's a strange group of people to invite to come to effectively the maternity ward. Um, and um, I don't know, Turner, when you were born, but I'm guessing it was at least people your parents knew for starters. And I'm guessing the first visitors of the house were people of family, friends, relations. I'm guessing that you didn't have strangers turn up uh, like Jesus did. Um, but I think there's something really fascinating and powerful about who turned up to Jesus' birth and why they turned up. And, um, and I just want to explore that. So, um, we're going to walk through this story. Hopefully, I'm going to have some help. And I think we'll just do it down, down here, and then the camera's kind of here. So, sorry, you won't get to see, but it just means that this can all happen without it all being broadcast to the world, which I think is good. Um, all right, so I'm going to... Um, first of all, do we have a Mary? Okay, excellent. Well, just go sit down for now. Go sit down for now, kids, because I'm going to need you in a minute. So we've got a Mary. Do we have a Joseph anywhere? Anybody come as a Joseph? You'll be a Joseph. Okay, excellent. All right, excellent. We've got a sheep. Do we have any shepherds anywhere? Any other shepherds anywhere? Leon's going to be a shepherd. You two are shepherds. Excellent. Do we have any wise men anywhere? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You can be a wise man, Leon. Simon will... Daddy's going to be a wise man. Okay, excellent. Well, we need some angels as well. Come on, we need some angels. An angelic host. All right, well, we'll make it. And we've got a star. I've seen a star. That's fantastic. We need the star. We, yes, excellent. All right, well, this will be wonderful. Okay, so let's just uh, move the kids' walker because I don't think that was in. Oops, sorry, speaker. That wasn't there. Okay, so this is how the story of God came to be with us. The story opens with a young lady in her home. All right, come on, young Mary, come and be in your home. Hey, what are you two doing? You're not in my story yet. Get out, eh? Well done. Oh, yeah, no, that, you don't want that just yet. Right, you grab a chair, sweetie. you? Grab a chair. Oh, fail, help you. There you go. You sit there. You're at home, having a nice time, playing on your iPad, because I'm sure that's what Mary were doing. And it says that God sent an angel from heaven with a message to her. All right, where's my angel? I need an angel. Come on, somebody needs to be an angel. All right, Tina's been my angel. Nice wings, I like the wings. And the angel told Mary that she was very special, just like you, Ariella. And God was with her, but Mary found it hard to understand why the angel had come to see her, because she was just an ordinary young lady. And she worried a little bit. Can you look worried, Ariella? I'll trust that you're looking worried. But seeing she was scared, the angel told her not to be afraid because God was very pleased with her. And she will give birth to a son and she is to call his name Jesus and he will be called Son of the Most High. She was not yet married, so how could she have a son? But the angel explained how the Holy Spirit will come and his power will give her a baby and people will call him the Son of God. So the angel leaves. You can sit down, I and Mary is very excited. Can we be very excited, Ariella? Excellent. Okay, well, you stay there for a moment, sweetheart, because so we've got Mary, who obviously is the mum, 
And um, she's a young one by today's standards, because she's probably only about 14, but that's probably normal 2,000 years ago. Um, and when you read the whole story about Mary, she comes across as somebody who's not really phased by incredible things going on and kind of just cracks on, really. All these incredible things happen around her, and she, kinda, she gets a bit scared, but takes it in a stride. Um, and from what we know of the story, she doesn't seem to think through, really, what it might mean or what people might say, although I'm sure she did, but she kind of seems to be this character that like, just flows with whatever life throws at her. All these incredible things happen, and she just kind of carries on and makes it happen and makes it work. And um, you don't see Mary arguing with the angel like you do with Zechariah, another character early on in the story. You don't see Mary needing a dream to persuade her to do the right thing like you do with Joseph. Mary's this little girl, really, who takes what life throws at her and goes for it. And um, I guess some of us are like that. We kind of just, okay, we, we're just going to enjoy life. We're going to enjoy the ride. I think that's what Mary was like. She was this young girl who just went, I'm going to enjoy the ride. And had a fantastic time on the ride, as well as, of course, it was probably deeply challenging. But this, this story, this is the birth of God's son, and God has carefully chosen the people he wants to be there. And he wants the carefree, the faithful, the get up and get on with it crowd at the celebration of his birth. Okay, Joseph, uh, you, you go over there because you're, you're on your own at the moment. Joseph was a righteous man full of integrity. And he didn't, I agree, and he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. Boo. Well, <laughs> well I'm going to go into pantomime somehow anyway. While he was still debating with himself. Do you know, I really wanted a dinosaur. I'm so happy there's a dinosaur. I know. I know, I'm so chuffed. I wanted a unicorn as well, but I can't see one of them. Never mind. Where are we in the story? While he was still debating with himself, he fell asleep. And had a supernatural dream. Angel comes back. You can just stick there too. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in a clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife, because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son, and you will name his Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. This happened so what the Lord spoke through his prophet would come true. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant, and she will give birth to a son, and he will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all the angels of the Lord instructed him to do, and he took Mary to be his wife. There you go and be with Mary now. There we go. So Joseph, on the other hand, is a little bit different from Mary. And he gets a bit of a bad press, because when you watch almost every nativity play, uh, it seems the guy knows he's going to Bethlehem, knows Mary's pregnant with a baby, but, has, but only just manages to get there just as she's about to pop and has nowhere to stay. The story in most nativities is that he's completely useless, basically. Uh, he's not thought about, he's not looked after, he's not planned much, which is actually not really that happened, because if you read the Bible story, there is no innkeeper, there is no desperately seeking for somewhere to stay. Uh, that all got made up to have the fact they were in a manger, which probably just meant Bethlehem was really busy and they stayed with a friend's house and there were lots of people there, so the, the only room was a stable, which was actually just another room in the inside of the house. But anyways, um, but the likeness story is he had it all sorted, he got there nice and early and Mary had some organized somewhere to stay. And I think Joseph has been really misunderstood and misaligned and misrepresented in almost every story that gets told. And I guess... Some of us perhaps feel like that, that we are often misunderstood, as though we're doing the right thing when everybody around sees the wrong thing, points out our failures and our weaknesses. But I guess Jesus picks these two people who are completely different, 
and go through completely different places of life, but says, no, I want, I want both of you in this place. Oh, I forgot about this. I need a donkey. Excellent. Dan's going to be my donkey. Good. Because the story is the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus, who ruled over the land, sent an order saying he wanted to count every single person. So everyone, including Mary and Joseph, had to go back to their hometown to be registered. Uh, Joseph came from a faraway town called Bethlehem because Mary was engaged to be his wife. She came with him to Bethlehem to save her aching legs. We don't really know whether the Bible tells us she went on a donkey or not. But anyway, we're going to say she went on a donkey. Um, all right, are you going uh, to let Ariella get on your back? Come on. Well done. There we go. You're going to get on Ariella? Yes, excellent. <laughs> this is how she does it on my own. Uh, come on, donkey, get moving. Well done. Yes, very good. Very good. That's it. That'll do. That's a very short journey to Bethlehem, but that'll do. There we go. Well done, Dan. Well done, Dan. Um, I was thinking about donkeys. I mean, I can't think there's many people who went, please, can I be the rear end of a donkey in the, in the nativity or, or in whatever, or even the front end of a donkey where nobody sees you. But it seems to me donkeys are really important to Jesus. I mean, if you think about it, a donkey carried him to his birth and a donkey carried him to his death. Donkeys carried him to the most important places and the most important times in his life. And I'm guessing no one really noticed the donkey, and no one really saw the donkey, and no one really commented on the donkey, and nobody ever got said, oh yeah, I'm the donkey, I've got the best role in the nativity, because everybody wants to be Mary or Joseph or something like that. But actually, this donkey was really important. It carried Jesus to where he needed to be. And I was thinking about people that carry other people to where they need to be, people that care for other people, like the donkey did, and carry them to other places. And yet often it's the people who they're caring for that people think about, that people ask after, that people notice. But the people who carry the weights, they don't often get noticed. They don't often get seen. But in this story, Jesus sees and he knows. And I think he had a special affection for those donkeys because there was something about them that just took him to different places. And I think that, so he has Mary, he has Joseph, then he has the donkey. And really the donkey is about the hidden, the unnoticed, those who carry others without fanfare are drawing attention to themselves. Those who feel they carry a, weight, a great weight, but rarely get noticed. Those people are there at his birth. So Mary and Joseph ended up at the house where they were staying, but it was full. So they ended up being in the stables with the animals. Uh, do we have some animals? We got any animals? Dinosaur? Yes. Come on, Mr. Dinosaur. Excellent. And the sheep. Excellent. More sheep. Oh, another sheep. Well, actually, we need sheep with the shepherds as well. So, but you can be here now, and then you can come in with the shepherds as well. Fantastic. We've got sheep. Wonderful. Excellent. Shepherds, you wait over there for a minute. We're going to come and see you in a minute. Keep your sheep, though, Oscar. Keep your sheep. That's your job, to look after your sheep. Okay, so... Um, so Mary and Joseph, they're in the manger. They've got these uh, animals all around them. And uh, then Jesus, has Jesus arrived yet? Yeah. Where's Jesus? Oh, Jesus, come here, Jesus. Go, 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 go. There we go. 
been a few births this year. That was easiest and quickest one. Beautiful. There we go. Fantastic. Give him a cuddle. And I am, I am absolutely captivated by this thought this year about Jesus being a baby, which is ridiculous because I've known it for a long time. But I'm really captivated about, about what it meant for him to do that. And so they put him in a, in a manger, a trough that's used to feed animals. And he lies there, just being a baby. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Meanwhile, in some fields nearby, a group of shepherds were keeping watch over their sheep. Hello, shepherds. It's your moment. Are you ready? You've got a dinosaur. Yeah, go on. It was night time, so they're having a sleep. Have a sleep. Well done. And they were surprised to see an angel of the Lord appear in front of them. There's an angel. Ollie's been a beautiful angel, keeping warm by the radio. The angel of the Lord appeared. And the glory shone all around. They were terrified. Can you be terrified, shepherds? <laughs> you see, these shepherds were just ordinary people going about their daily lives. They were not considered very important, and nobody took much notice of them. So they were quite surprised when an angel spoke to them. An angel said, don't be afraid. There's news of great joy. Today in Bethlehem, a savior has been born. You'll find a baby lying in a manger. The angels left, and the shepherds wondered what they should do. They decided the best thing to do was to go to Bethlehem. As the angel had said, they wanted to see what happened and what the Lord had told them. So they hurried off to find Mary and Joseph. All right, shepherds, off to Bethlehem. Yes, join in the throng. Yes, you can, sweetheart. What would you like to tell me? Flipping BCS. <laughs> Did say that a little while ago, I've been I've lost my place now. Oh, sorry. Um, all right, shepherds turn up. That's right. So instead of grandma and granddad turn up, some random stinky shepherds turn up. Um, I mean, have you ever thought about what Mary and Josie thought? So the, you know, Uncle Zechariah doesn't turn up, but uh, no, he wants an uncle. Anyway, but some some shepherds turn up. All right, got it a bit wrong. It's a bit, bit ash. So these random shepherds turn up, and um, shepherds. So instead of instead of your friends, you get some random shepherds who bring the sheep. Um, and, and in the first century, shepherds were not exactly classed as royalty. In fact, they were pretty much down the bottom of the social ladder. Um, except they're the ones who are given the task of telling everybody about it. And so Jesus, the Father goes, okay, I'm going to have this, I'm going to invite these people to the first time that I put my son on the earth, and I'm going to invite the dirtiest, the lowest, uh, those who uh, perhaps would think they were uninvited, and those who would perhaps feel unloved and unworthy. He goes, no, 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 we're going to have those people, they're going to they're come along. And sometime later, some more people came to visit, but they didn't come straight to the stable. I've got this bit right. These three important people, sometimes called kings, were, were magi. And um, they were very clever people and knew all the secrets of the stars. And they knew from examining the heavens that an important event was taking place because a bright star rose in the sky. Do we have a, where's a bright star? That's all right. You can, you can direct, mate. Excellent. Chase the star is arriving. Fabulous. 
Um, and so these kings follow the star, and, um, and then they come in, which is at a house, just to be clear, two years later, they come to a house, and they worship him, and they, and they do all that stuff. And the wise men bow down, and they give him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it doesn't say the one. That's not a good way to study the Bible, by the way, Justin. <laughs> just to be clear, just because it doesn't say it, don't mean it happened. Or is possible. Oh, that's not good. Um, the kings are really interesting because um, it doesn't make much sense at all because Jesus is a Jew. And these are non-Jewish kings. They're most likely Persian kings, Persian astrologers, political heavyweights who would have advised Persian kings. And Persia was probably the biggest threat to the Roman Empire at the time. So God goes, I know, I'll have the biggest threat to the ruling classes come and they're going to arrive, even though they're non-Jewish, and they're going to come along as well. He invites no Jewish rulers. No one from the synagogue was asked to be present. Instead, some non-Jewish Persian kings from thousands of miles away are invited. And not just Gentile kings, but Persian pagan kings who were aware of prophecy and Hebrew tradition, but didn't understand the God of Israel. And yet they managed to recognize him and they turn up. And I guess their invitation tells us that no matter what you think about Jesus and the God of heaven, no matter how you've treated him or walked with him, he wants you there. I guess no matter what you've thought or, or, or how it's been, he wants you and there's an invitation there. But I just want to finish by this, because what you see happening at Jesus' birth, I think, is like a foretelling of the church. Because you've got Jesus in the center, and they've come to worship and be with him. But then you've got all these different sorts of people. You've got Joseph with all these doubts. You've got Mary with all her enthusiasm. You've got um, Persian non-Jewish kings. You've got shepherds who are kind of the lowest of the law. You've got all these different people of races, backgrounds, wealth, education, history, all coming together to gather around Jesus. And then they each came and gave what they had. The shepherds brought a sheep. Mary brought a willingness. Joseph turned up despite his reservations. The kings gave out of their wealth and understanding, but each of them comes along to worship. And to me, it's like, well, in that church, that is it. People from every background coming together, bringing what they have, to worship him. And right at the beginning, we see that Jesus, of course, longs to invite all these different people. But again, I want to I focus on this at the end. Notice what happens as the people gather at Jesus and what Jesus himself is doing. What is Jesus doing when all these people arrive? He's doing nothing. Because he can't do anything. Because he's a few days old. He is literally doing nothing other than resting in the crib. He's a newborn baby, so what can he do? He's utterly dependent on Mary and Joseph for everything. And again, just think about the vulnerability that took on. He needed feeding, cleaning, soothing, caring for. Even if he never got ill, I can't work out the theology as to whether he got ill or not, but even if he never got ill, he still needed feeding. He still needed bum changing. He still needed keeping warm. He made himself that vulnerable. And that small, completely reliant on Mary, Joseph, and everybody else. And the incredible picture for me this Christmas is seeing God made man rest in the crib and remain resting in the crib. And guess what happens? Father provides everything for him. 
father provides everything for him. He provides a family for him, provides a mom and a dad. He provides provision because sheep comes and then gifts come. Father provides community, provides family, provides provision. He gives everything. And all Jesus does is rest in a crib. Just rest there. And, and maybe that should be the defining image of Christmas for us this year. If Jesus can lay his head on the pillow in the crib and trust that Father will bring along everything he needs when he needs it, maybe that's the message for us in different ways. We've talked a lot about resting your head on the pillow in the boat, but actually the message of Christmas is that you can rest your head on the pillow in the crib and that Father can bring everything that you need. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting you simply lie down for the next two weeks and hope all the shopping and presents and jobs just happen. But what I am suggesting is that internally there's a lesson in the place we find Jesus in the Christmas story for us. Because Jesus, in a completely vulnerable place, reliant on everybody else, rested. And everything worked out for him. Everything worked out for him. Think of all the striving and the anxiety and the fear that goes on at this time of year. Think of all the worry and the concern that goes on. But somehow, Jesus laid his head on a pillow of straw in a crib, and Father looked after him. What might it mean for you to rest a little more on the inside and trust Father to provide what you need? What anxiety about certain days, times, people, do you need to lay down and allow him to show you what he can do? What part of this next two or three weeks are you deeply concerned about and worried about and anxious about? And what might it mean for you to just lay your head on the crib and trust that Father's got you and that he's going to carry you through? Because for me this year, the enduring message of Christmas is that Jesus laid his head and allowed Father to bring him what he needed. Now, you are still going to have to buy a turkey if you want one, because it ain't going to arrive magically. But that peace and that sense of just rest can be more and more and more as you learn to lay it on the crib. Because it may well mean that you will have to move to a new place of vulnerability. But that's what Jesus did. I love that line from that first song, the king of love is on the move. But I realized his first movement was to give it all up. Before he, got, before he moved into glory and out of the tomb and into glory, he moved from glory into this place of vulnerability, into this place where he was reliant on the Father and others for everything and the Father to provide for him. He is indeed on the move, but perhaps there are some movements we have to make as well in order to be able to see it. Oh, 